Man, you guys having fun yet? See, we don't want to hurry anything. Just like that word came forth. We don't want to hurry anything. We want to just kind of bake. Amen. In the presence of God. But now, now let's get into the word of God. Amen. Let's get fed the word of God. So, all right. You know, I was thinking about this. Isn't it great when you are driving somewhere and you have step-by-step directions from a GPS? Don't you love that? I love that. Or when you, you know, you're making something, you have a recipe, and it's very simple to follow. It's clear, simple steps to make that thing. There's nothing complicated about it. Amen? Well, the Word of God is our roadmap. The Word of God is our recipe book for a blessed life. Can you say amen to that? Oh, hallelujah. All right. But, you know, Many people think that all they need on this earth is faith. Now, last night at the healing service, I talked about faith, and that's important, right, for uh, healing and, and receiving from God. But that's not the only thing. Many people think it just stops at faith, but it doesn't, all right? There are, you know, there are more ingredients to the recipe. There's a few more turns you need to take to add to it, Amen. To get to the destination. You know, as I was driving here today, the Holy Spirit showed me something. He said, tell the people that to get planted in a local church, stay planted in a local church. He said this to me. He said, when things start to get a little hotter, they get offended, they leave. It's like putting a cake in the oven and you keep taking it out and it never finishes. Think about that. So, you know what? The heat is good. We're getting baked. Amen? Hallelujah. So it's okay. And and that's what the Word of God is for. It's for correction. Amen? So if you're going to run every time there's there's correction, well, I mean, there's a problem there. Amen? All right. So that's just a little side note. That wasn't even in my messages. That's free from my drive-in. So hallelujah. But it would be foolish to complete, like I said, only one step of a recipe uh, and to say you completed that thing. Well... It doesn't make much sense uh, when a Christian meets one requirement and and ignores the other things that the Word of God talks about, all right? Um, Remember, God's commandments are not suggestions. They're commands, right? All right? God expects His people to obey His commands, amen? And He doesn't bend His rules. I, I found that out about God. You can't really bargain that, you know? I mean, I don't know why, but you just can't, but all right? So don't, don't let the woke people tell you you can bend that thing. Amen? You can't do that. But what humans call partial obedience is disobedience in God's eyes. All right? But the wonderful thing about God is this. Not only does he give us the commands, but he has given us his Holy Spirit to empower us. To empower us, empower us to complete those things. Romans 8.26 says this. It says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. All right? Don't, don't get thrown off by that. The word infirmities there literally means this. Our inability to produce results in our life. That's what that's talking about, okay? That's why you can't expect an unbeliever, someone who's not born again, all right, to follow God's ways. You can't do it. Why? Because they have that sin nature on the inside of them. So guess what they're going to do? Shocking, right? 
Now, it's shocking when a Christian is living like the devil because you have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And the sin nature in the spiritual sense has been washed away. But there's still that thing that we got to do that's called renewing our mind. Amen? we got to connect our soul with our born-again spirit so we can live for God and be obedient to Him. All right? Go to Romans uh, 8, chapter, uh, eight uh, Romans eight verses 1 through 4. Let's start off. I'm all messed up today after that, that praise and worship. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, my. That was so good, wasn't it? You should leave a church service feeling built up. You should leave saying, man, I, I felt the presence of God in that place. And if, if you're not feeling it, those watching online, you need to go somewhere where you are. Amen? Romans 8, 1 through 4, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on the account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. We talked about that last night, right? In the healing service. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. All right, so as a Christian, you need to understand this. You are expected to obey the Word of God, and Jesus, through His death, burial, and resurrection, has made that possible. That's why faith in Him, He has given us the Holy Ghost to live that holy life. And so, you know, many, many Christians say, well, we're not under the law anymore, right? We're, you ever heard that before? We're not under the law. Well, we're not under the Old Testament law, but... It says in verse 2 that we're under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. And he has delivered us from the law of sin and death. Did you catch that? He delivered us from the law of sin and death. Amen? In other words, he made it possible for you and I to live for him. So we need to start living for him. Amen? Now, um, that's why Galatians, Galatians talks about the Old Testament being our schoolmaster or our teacher that leads us to Christ. Have you ever heard of Ray Comfort or Kirk Cameron? Remember Growing Pains? They have a book or they have a show and a book called The Way of the Master. And they talk about how to evangelize to the unsaved. And he says, you use the Ten Commandments against them because it pricks their conscience. Are you following me? You use the law. The law is a schoolmaster that points to Christ. All right? Because there is not one person on the face of this earth that has fulfilled all of the Ten Commandments. So you can, you know, you talk to them and you bring up the Ten Commandments. Say, have you ever broke this? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm a good person. But did you break it? If you broke one part of it, you broke the whole law. That's why you need Jesus. That's powerful. If you ever want to read that book, get it. It's called The Way of the Master. It is powerful. They had a TV show, and it was just powerful. But the title of my message today is this, Add to Your Faith. Add to Your Faith. Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Now we're really going to start getting into it. Add to Your Faith. It's, faith is good. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to be born again, right? But... You'll see here, we need to add some things to our faith. We need to add some pillars to our faith. Second Peter uh, 1, 
We'll start there. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Well, it's so hard to live a... Someone asked me once, they said, how do you live holy in in this world? I said, that's why it's called the narrow road. That's why it's called the narrow road, amen? But it's possible, amen? uh, Pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. That's powerful. Just those first uh, four verses are absolutely mind-blowing. All right? Verse 5. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence. Here it is. This is what we need to add to our faith, all right? Add to your faith virtue. To virtue, knowledge. He's given us build, Lord's given us building blocks here. And to virtue, knowledge. And to knowledge, self-control. And to self-control, perseverance. Have you ever noticed this verse here? This is step-by-step directions. And to perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. They're different. You'll see in a moment. For if these things are yours and abound, you will, neither, uh, be, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things, these pillars, is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Wow. I would say we probably should kind of break these down then. If it says this will keep us from stumbling, we need to know some things. Verse 11. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So here we go. Let's break it down. Say, break it down. All right, I sure will. Here it goes. Add to your faith, your trust, your believing God. Number one, virtue. It says, add virtue to your faith. Now, what does virtue mean? It means simply this, excellence. It means excellence. We, we need to be determined as Christians to live an excellent life for God. Amen? There are too many Christians that are looking for excuses to be lazy in their walk with God. To be lazy, let's, let's take it this far, in their secular job even. Do you know something? Your job, you're actually working for the Lord. You are. The Word of God says that. Work as unto the Lord. Amen? All right, so we need some excellence in the Christian life. Uh, Live an excellent spiritual life and life in the natural. Amen? Many Christians, they're always asking, is it okay to do this? Is it okay to do this? And I always want to say, you know, if you're questioning this, if you don't have peace about doing this, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Amen? Because your own conscience is pricking your heart. Amen? So... Uh, you know, so you you, you got to, I, I just, I, I kind of love just kind of throwing the basketball back at them sometime. Amen. And then they're like, oh, oh, okay. All right. Like I just hit them square in the nose with a basketball or something, right? 
Remember, like I always say, if it's not quite, it's not right. If you don't have peace about it, there's a reason for it. The Holy Spirit's trying to tell you something. Amen? So we need to stop trying to find an excuse to sin. All right? Let's live an excellent life. Let's live a a holy life that's pleasing to God. And we need to settle it in our heart that we're not going to get sucked into this world system. Amen? Don't get sucked into this world system. You know who the, the leader of this evil world system is, right? Satan. All right? We don't want to be friends and partner up with this world system. Amen? In fact, James says those who do, those Christians who do, it calls us adulterers, adulteresses. Now, that's pretty tough stuff, isn't it? I mean, so we got we to gotta know we, God wants us to live a life of virtue, which is an excellent life. Say excellent. Here we go. So we add to virtue knowledge. Say knowledge. Once you have settled it in your heart, Lord, I want to live an excellent life for you. I want to serve you. Now you need to find out what God requires of, of, of us. Amen? He does. He requires some things from us, and we need knowledge from the Word of God. The Word of God is the Bible, right? B-I-B-L-E, basic instructions before leaving earth. All right? That is our roadmap, the Word of God. Um, we can bypass so many hardships and trials in our life by simply studying and reading the Word and putting it into practice, right? Many times, we use the devil as an escape, don't we? Yeah. Oh, devil, oh, I rebuke you, when really it's just kind of our poor decision-making, right? Yeah. I mean, let's just tell it like it is, right? Yeah. But, but there are so many warnings. And, and the thing is, here's the deal. God is so merciful to us that he reveals to us, his people, what he wants us to avoid. See, God's not just leaving us in the dark, right? He's telling us, avoid this. Add this to your life. Take this out of your life. I mean, so he's right there, just like a good heavenly father. See, a good father tells a, a, a child what to avoid, right? Because you don't want your son to, to be you know, in the way and in open doors that are going to be harmful to them, right? In the natural, spiritual, right? So our Heavenly Father is a good God. So, um, in fact, He's so good, not only does He tell us what to do, but He exposes Satan, Satan's strategy in the Word of God. I love that. That's why the enemy hates it so much. You, you ever find that when you're getting ready to read the Word of God, you're like, okay, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to read, and every excuse pops up not to do it. Uh, and, or, or you'll crack it open and you'll start reading it and you, and you find yourself waking up two hours later from a nap. I mean, let's just be real about it, right? I mean, that's what happens. But there's a reason behind that, all right? So wouldn't it be... If, what if our military and our, and our police department and all that, someone gave them a book and said, look, this, these are all the individuals that are going to try to do harm. These are all the terrorists in the area. This is what an enemy is going to try to do. And they have the playbook of the enemy, right? Wouldn't that be pretty, that'd be a good thing to know, wouldn't it? That's what the Word of God does for us. And the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is giving us that discernment all the time. The question is this, are you paying attention? Are you obeying Him, Right? All right, so uh, so we need knowledge of some things. God said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Talked about that last night. Next, so we need to add to knowledge self-control. Say self-control. 
or as the King James says, temperance. All right? So temperance is self-control. Again, like I said, no, the devil didn't make you do it because if God calls something sin, it means that we have control in that matter. Right? So we know that we have control of our own life because God has given us a free will. Why did he do that? Because it's not true love unless it's freely given. All right? Like in a relationship, right? I mean, if you're always trying to, I don't know, if you're in a relationship dating or something, if you have to be the one that's always chasing the person down, right? You're enforcing them and controlling them. That's not true love. Oh, someone need to hear that. Come on, somebody. Amen? All right. I don't know why people fight so hard. It's like, don't you want to be with someone that actually loves you and wants to be with you? Come on. Oh, someone's getting a revelation today. (laughs) But the only control that the devil has in your life is what you give him. It means that you're cooperating. You're, you're cooperating with one of two kingdoms, the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of God. It's, that, it's really that simple. It's a cooperation process by your own free will, right? So we need, we need self-control. Control your emotions, amen? Control your actions. Control the words that come out of your mouth. Control your thought life. And this is, and this is a pillar. Remember, all of these things I'm talking about, they are pillars. Say pillar. You take one, two of those pillars out, that thing's going to be unstable and it's going to fall. All right? The Word of God's very clear about that. So, here we go. Add to self-control patience or perseverance. See, we need to... Here's the deal. We need to do what we know how to do, obey the Word of God, and let His plan play out for our life. I, one of the biggest things, and I've been guilty of it in my life, is that I try to run ahead of God. I try, but James, I don't know what to do. What should I do right now? I don't know what to do. Be a Christian. Just do what you, be a good person. Bless people. Tell them about Jesus. Obey the Lord. Uh, seek him like never before. Read the word. And guess what? Pretty soon his plan is just going to play out. Listen, let me, someone needs to hear this. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. He has a plan for your life. Amen. But just simply do what you know what to do. And you, he will steer you in the right direction. Amen. So don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged. Just do what you know what to do. You can only turn a moving ship. You can only, the rudder on an airplane is only effective when that air is going over the rudder. Right? Yeah, I, I can sit on in, in an airplane and move the rudder pedals and the plane just stays in the same spot. But if I start going down that runway at 90 mile an hour, all of a sudden those controls become effective now because I'm moving. Just keep moving forward with God in your life and he will steer and direct you. Amen? And here's the deal. When it's time to act, when it's time to act, the Holy Spirit will put an unction on the inside of you. Here it is, with peace attached to it. He will put that desire, that unction to do something with peace attached to it. If you have a desire, you feel like you've got to rush and do something, but there's no peace, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's your flesh or the devil. Are you hearing me? All right. All right. So patience really ties in closely with self-control. It takes, it takes self-control to have patience in your life, doesn't it? 
All right? So this is what's interesting about the Word of God. When God gives a command, it means there's going to be a temptation to do the opposite in your life. (laughs) All right, let me say that one more time. When God warns us about something, it means there's going to be a temptation to go in that direction in your life. All right? Here's, Here's a little example about that. In orientation, when I went to Rhema Bible Training Center, all right, the dean of the school got up on orientation day and he was talking to the students. And he handed out a rule book. And he said, all of these rules, most of these rules were added when someone broke the rules and we had to put it in. Oh, come on, somebody. You know, just like how they don't put up a traffic light until so many people are killed. Are you following me? All right. So in God's foreknowledge, in God's amazing wisdom, he gave us commands because he knew there would be a temptation to cross that line. Amen. But with the command, I love this again, he's empowered us with the Holy Spirit to overcome that temptation. But you got to do some things. You have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, God wants you to live a blessed life. He wants you to live a happy life on this earth. And that's why he's given us the instruction book, the basic Bible, basic instructions before leaving the earth. Amen? The responsibility, though, rests, it rests upon us whether we're going to present our bodies, as the word says, as a living sacrifice to him. Living sacrifice. We need to add patience to our foundation. And there will be times... Uh, when patience will demonstrate, it will demonstrate your faith in God's ability to work out that situation. What are you going through? Is there a situation, is there a trial you're going through right now? Come on. Just know, if you're staying close to God, He's working it out. The key is this, don't give place to the kingdom of darkness. That's why the, the enemy's always trying to come in. He's always trying to come in. He's tempting you. He's, he's putting negative words. He brings people into your path to speak negative words for this reason. He's trying to get invited into that trial. He's trying to get invited. It's all about, it's, oh, this could be another sermon. It's all about the invitation. Who are you inviting into that trial? Oh, invitation is powerful. Every, like I said, every time I come in here during the week and pray, the first things out of my mouth are Wednesday nights. The first thing is, Lord, I invite you into this place. Fill this place with your manifest presence and glory. Lord, fill this place with everything associated with the kingdom of God. I give the invitation. Say invitation. Oh, my. So we need to add patience to our foundation. Two things in the kingdom of God are so important. Listen, if there's anything you take out of this message, write this down. There are two things in the kingdom of God that are extremely important. And it's this, timing and method. Timing and method. If one of those are out of place, man, there's some trouble happening. If you're out of timing, if you're out of God's timing, it's going to be a mess. If you're doing the wrong method, it's going to be a mess. You need both to be active, timing and method. And here's the deal. Both come from being led by the Holy Spirit. That is why an emphasis on the Holy Spirit should be happening all over this world in every church. If you're neglecting the Holy Spirit, my goodness. You're, you're, I mean, the Holy Ghost is the only part of the Godhead. 
on the earth to help you, to lead and guide you. So those two things, timing and method, only come by being led by the Holy Spirit. Think about that. So faith and patience are twins. Faith must be active when you don't see the answer in the natural yet, right? Yet, so so patience, it's a requirement. You need that patience to be connected to your faith. Because, how many of you know, like I said last night, the temptation from when you pray for something to receive it. A and C, the B part, we need patience. That's the faith part to carry us through, right? Oh my goodness, man, I'm just getting revelation popping right now. In that faith period, see, when people get prayed over for healing, all right, they lose that faith. Here's what you need to do. You need to keep hooked to the, to the kingdom of God until it comes in the natural. I talked about this last night, and this was huge. Marianne was saying on the way home, she goes, something you said was just huge. I'm like, what? And she said that. That was the thing that just stood out to her. That from the time you pray for healing and receive it, that we need to keep that uh, hook into the kingdom of God. You've got to act like you received it before you see it in the natural. you got to act. I said, you've got to act like you have it. Your faith will change your whole attitude about that situation. If you walk away defeated and depressed after getting prayed for, you probably need to get prayed for again. You got to get reconnected to the, to the, uh, to the kingdom of God and you got to maintain hooked up until it comes through. And that's why people lose their, their healing. That's, that's why they can come to a healing service. And like I said, they can be lifted off the ground. The anointing so strong. And then they walk away and say, well, I didn't receive anything. You just lost it. It's gone. It's done. Now you've got to try to reconnect again. Come on back. Let's pray. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, so here we go. Add to your patience or your perseverance godliness. So godliness, listen to this. Godliness is defined as piety or religious. If you look that up, that's what it would say. Piety, what does piety mean? Piety is defined uh, as this. To express in a practical way your dutifulness. In other words, are you ready for this? Let's, let, let's just break it down James's way here. Put action to what you say. Practice what you preach. Practice what you, what you preach. That's code for this. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't be a hypocrite. And we've all done it, haven't we? We've all done it. Go to James, James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Isn't it interesting how we're harder on other people than we are on ourselves? Have you ever figured that out yet? Oh, my goodness. Whew, not cool. James 1, 26 through 27. It says, If anyone among you thinks that he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. And to, here it is. See, a lot of people bring up the orphans and widows, but they forget that little last part there. Here it is. To keep oneself unspotted from the world. See, you can talk the talk all you want. But if you aren't extending your hand to those in need, if you're not putting into practice what you're reading, it's vain, it's useless, it's worthless. Amen? 
Let me remind you the, the passage or the, the verse that says that faith without works is dead. Like I said last night, your faith, your faith, number one, should be seen. There should be an outward manifestation of it in your life, and you should be able to hear it. Faith should be seen. Faith should be heard. Your issue, you should be speaking in line with the Word of God. Amen? All right. So, uh, you know, works, works and living for God is proof that you have faith toward Him. Do you really believe what the Bible says? Then prove it with your actions. That's what this is saying. Amen? All right, here we go. All right, add to godliness, brotherly kindness. Say brotherly kindness. kindness. We need to make sure we have a right attitude. Amen? A Christian can do something nice for a person, but have a horrible attitude doing it. Have you ever had someone do that before? Be kind to people. Brotherly kindness. Now, here's what the Holy Ghost pulled out to me about this. Brotherly kindness. He said this, treat them like they are a family member. Treat every person you come in contact with like a family member. Now, I'm not talking about a messed up family situation. Are you hearing me? Yeah, I I know, I know, because some of you would be slapping all the people you come in contact with, right? Come on, we all have them in our families, right? We all have a few, you just want to, never mind. Okay, so, self-control, temperance. Okay, back, back to the service. But treat them. Now, this is not love. Notice, notice it separates brotherly kindness and love. You notice that? So brotherly kindness, treat them like a family member. Amen? Because that's what Jesus did. Jesus did all of these things, by the way. We'll talk about that in a moment. But here we go now. Add to brotherly kindness, charity or love. All right? Here's what love is. You ready for this? Make sure your motive is pure. Love deals with your motive for doing something. The word love here, it's translated agape. Say agape. That is the God kind of love. That means this, that your feelings about that person has nothing to do with it. That's why God says, bless your enemies. Bless your enemies. That's love, right? Think about that. Bless your enemies. Someone, just think of the per, a person who just hates your guts. They're horrible to you. Come on, somebody. But if they're in need, bless them. It has nothing to do with your feelings. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, us Christians, we're such feelers emotionally, aren't we? Man, we're just led by our emotions all the time, right? But it has nothing to do... Love, it's, it's your motive, all right? Feelings have nothing to do with this kind of love. It means helping someone out with their best interest in mind, with their well-being. Amen? My goodness. Yeah, we got to stop being led by our emotions. We do. We just... We got to obey. Say, I got to obey the Word. <sighs> Amen? Take a deep breath. Yes. Second Peter chapter one. Go to second Peter chapter one again. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to walk in love. Faith works by love, by the way. And it's interesting that this is a pillar in, in one of the seven pillars. Interesting enough, faith, there's seven pillars under it, under it. You know what the number seven is the number of completion. 
That's why it says, add to your faith these seven pillars. If these seven pillars are underneath of your faith and, and holding you up, it says you will never fall. Think about that. In fact, these you should later today or whatever this week, write these things down. Put them in the bathroom, put them on your refrigerator, and really, really focus on these things because they're obviously important enough that the Holy Ghost told us to add these things. Amen? All right. 2 Peter 1, verse 8. Look at this here. All right. There it is. For if these things are yours and abound, these seven pillars... You will neither you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who wants to know Jesus more? He says, add these things and you will have an intimate walk with Jesus Christ that you have never had before. You will know him in a way that will blow your natural mind. Think about that. You will not be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Jesus, I, I love that Jesus possessed all of these seven attributes under his faith. Doing these things will give you more knowledge, more understanding. Listen, how Jesus lived on this earth, how he overcame the world. Come on, how he ministered to others. I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus everywhere he went, miracles, signs, wonders, and all these things were following him, right? I believe if we add these pillars to us, we're going to walk in a greater power than ever before. The power of the Holy Ghost. And it makes me wonder, how, me, how much have we um, sacrificed or forsaken in our walk with God? Because these seven pillars were not strong. There's a, there's a lost and dying world out here waiting for us to reach them. Amen? If these seven pillars are in place, guess what? They're not going to see Mandy. They're going to see Jesus. Are you hearing me? If these things are in place, they're going to see Jesus. The problem is when, oh, I, I'm getting a revelation of this. When, when any of these pillars are gone, then they just see James. And they get disappointed. You ever been disappointed by someone? You ever been let down by a pastor, right? By a leader, a spiritual leader, right? Right? These seven pillars need to be in place. I'm telling you right now, I hear the Holy Ghost saying this. If these seven pillars are in place, they'll they'll see Jesus on the inside of all of us. Hallelujah. So sowing these attributes, what it's saying here, that we're going to know Jesus even more. So you could say it this way. If we sow these attributes in our life, it will release more revelation in your life. You'll uh, reap more revelation about the kingdom of God, about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at uh, verse 9 here. I'm almost done. Verse 9. It says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Lacking these things will cause you and I to be spiritually blind. Think about that. That's, That's powerful. Adding these things will stir up. The Holy Spirit said this to me as I was writing this message. He said, adding these things to our faith will stir up a prophetic prophetic anointing in our life to see beyond the here and now. Are you you following me? How many times in ministry you minister to someone and all you see, you're, you're looking at outward appearance. You're looking at what they're into now. But the prophetic ministry looks beyond that. Think about that. 
The, the prophetic ministry looks at the potential. Think about it. This is what Jesus did. Jesus was led by these attributes. That's why he could, he could look beyond this woman who was caught in the act of adultery even. Hello, somebody. He's seen the potential on the inside of her. Every person Jesus ministered to because he had these seven pillars. Come on, somebody. He's seen the potential on the inside of them. We need to start pulling the potential out of people. Amen? I don't know about you. I love the prophetic anointing. You like the prophetic anointing? Oh, I love the prophetic. This is a prophetic church. Amen. That's why God's bringing a whole bunch of prophets and and people getting stirred up with the gift of prophecy. There's a difference, by the way, uh, the ministry gift of a prophet and people who flown in the the gift of prophecy. Everybody can flow in the gift of prophecy. Who wants to flow in the gift of prophecy? Let's get these seven pillars up. Amen. Let's get these seven pillars up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second Peter, look at uh, verse uh, chapter 1, 10 and 11 here. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these, uh, do these things, you will never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly. Say abundantly. Into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you add these seven pillars... Mm, You will live life, listen to me, with a clear conscience. Have you ever tried, you know, as a Christian, you're living a life of sin, you're backsliding, your conscience is always getting to you. Isn't that miserable? I've been there before in the past. I mean, it's a miserable place to be, isn't it? You just know you don't have confidence toward God. You know, you don't have confidence toward yourself living for God. I mean, just everything is a whirlwind. Amen? Oh, but these seven pillars right here, you can live life. Think about it. You can live life with a pure conscience. It's a beautiful thing. Amen? And I love that. You'll have a strong foundation and you will never fall away. Oh, my goodness. And the last one, look at verse 12. For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things. Eh, Pastor James, we heard this before. I don't care how much you heard it. You know what? We need to go over the basic basics constantly. We Listen, we need to always check and see if there's cracks in our foundation. Our foundation better be checked every day. Don't ever think that you're above the foundation. The foundation is what's keeping you stable. Amen? Mm, don't get prideful. Amen? For this reason, I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, these seven pillars, though you now know and are established in the present truth. My goodness. So remind yourself constantly. Do a check on these daily. Before, when you get up in the morning, look at these things. Amen. And pray, Lord, let these seven pillars help me to maintain these seven pillars. Amen. So church, listen, let's be well-rounded in our Christian walk and continue to grow spiritually, amen? And let's make sure these seven pillars are under us and we are stable. And here's why, so people can see Jesus in us. Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. Lord, we want to add to our faith. We thank you, Lord God, for your word. I thank you, Lord God, that your word, it's so powerful. You're revealing everything we need to know to live an abundant life on this earth. 
Now, maybe there's someone in this place you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. Maybe there is. Maybe you've been listening to this message and saying, that sounds great, but I'm not even born again. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want you to come to this altar and I want to pray with you after the service. Now, more times than not, I found this. There's people you made Jesus Lord of your life a long time ago, but you've backslidden, you've fallen away. Maybe you're the one, you don't have a clear conscience, and you want to rededicate your life today. Amen? If that's you, I want you to come forward, and I want to pray with you after the service. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be a witness a witness. Now think about this. People usually think of that as just in ministry. It's not talking about that because your perf- personal life is a witness to people. And the Holy Spirit baptism will help you in your personal life. Amen? And maybe, and that might be the very thing you're missing. That's the very thing that will put you over that hump. That's the very thing that will push the dam out of the way. And your spiritual walk will take off like never before. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, come up. Now, if you need prayer for healing, if you need prayer for anything else today, come up to this altar and, uh, and I'll stay as long as you need for us to pray over you. But did you guys have a great time today or what? Now, here's what you need to do. Take this anointing, take it out those doors, and show it to the world. Talk to people about Jesus. Amen. Bring this anointing into your house. Amen. All right, visitors, thanks so much for coming today. Prime timers, 55 and up this Thursday at the Brentwood at noon. If you're 55 or older, come on out. I'm going to be there, but I'm not 55. All right, or higher. All right, everyone, I love you. Thanks so much for coming today. Have a great week, everyone.